0: This podcast is produced by students in the University of Pennsylvania's pre-health post-baccalaureate programs. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed belong solely to the podcast creators and our guests and do not necessarily represent the views of pre-health programs. To find out how the University of Pennsylvania can help prepare you for health professional school, visit upenn.edu prehealth Hello, listeners. This is Dean Wirtz bringing you Philly stories from a distance. And today we have Audrey Mills, first semester or now just starting second semester as a Penn Pre Health student. And I can't introduce her better than she could herself. So uh, take away, Audrey.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Um, so I am, I guess, my first semester. I did summer session one, and we started summer session two today. Um, I was admitted to the program in December with the intention of starting in January, but I decided to postpone until the summer just because of some work stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I'm a local Philadelphia and I grew up right outside the city. Um, and then I went to Atlanta for undergrad. I went to Emory University and then I came back to Philly to become a teacher here in the city I was part of like the Teach for America program, um, in 2017, which is when I graduated undergrad. And so for the past three years, I've been teaching at a local like charter school in North Philadelphia. And it, last year I graduated and got my master's at Penn actually, which is one of the big reasons I chose Penn for my post back.
0: Very cool. So could you talk a little bit more about what your teaching career has looked like so far?
1: Yeah, and honestly, It looks very different than other Teach for America teachers and other like regular teachers. My school is very special. It's very small. Basically, in undergrad, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, as a lot of us are, Um, and I was recruited as, honestly, as a sophomore in college to do the program because I had like a science-y background um, and a little bit of educational background, Um, and I actually worked for the organization beforehand, so I really knew what I was getting into, but I basically, after I graduated, I then I graduated in May, and in June I started like a very intensive teacher training program at another school in North Philadelphia called Simon Gratz, where I taught like biology for the whole like six week summer course, uh, like summer school essentially. Um, and then in the fall, I started as like my full own teacher, um, and I started teaching. I think six classes a day, um, two chemistry classes, two biology classes, and two, it's called integrated science, which was like no curriculum for, but it's like a little bit of everything, like a mini chemistry unit, a mini biology unit, a mini physics unit. But that first year, it was, it was definitely hard to figure out how to be a teacher, like as a 22-year-old teaching some 18-year-olds, um, and also just have all the content and materials ready to go for three different lessons every day. I've loved it, but it's definitely been difficult.
0: And you said that you have 18-year-olds, but what is the age range like as an entirety for you?
1: Yeah, so I teach the 9th, 10th, and 11th graders. Um, The 12th graders don't have science, but some are just a little bit older. So I would say my youngest kids have been 13, and my oldest, 19. Um, But generally, they're like more in the middle, in between like 14 and seventeen.
0: Gotcha. And I know you don't have the frame of reference of being a lot older than your students, but do you have that, does it feel good to be in a closer age range to them to help relate to them? Does that make it easier for teaching? Sometimes. Difficult?
1: It's I, like situationally dependent. I felt like I could be the cool teacher and I learned very quickly that's not a good thing to be. Because um, <laughs> you don't get as much work, They don't learn as much when you're the cool teacher. I think, yeah, it was easier for me to like relate to them. And I've been really, really lucky, and that's why I've looped with my students. Um, So the kids that I had my very first year teaching and saw, like, every mistake I made, every bad thing I did, every just, like, showed up not knowing my content, whatever it was, um, I still have them. I'll have them next year for their last year before they graduate. So it's been really great to get to know them super well. But I'd say, yeah, age, for me, I, I pretended I was 25 for, well, now I'm actually 25. So for the past three years, I've been 25.
0: Fair enough. And now what, uh, transitioning from what you're doing to where we're going, what made you want to go back and go to pre-health?
1: Yeah. So I am in the program because I want to go to medical school. Um, as I know a lot of us, are. I know there's some dental people and other people mixed in vet people, but I want to go to medical school. Um, I had like thought about it in undergrad, but I was also a rower in undergrad and I just really couldn't keep up with the courses. um, and rowing and I really wanted to row all four years because I knew I could never do that again um and I always knew I could kind of do a post back and make up for that time and do those classes um so while it was like always on my mind I wasn't ever sure I think until I went into the classroom um and realized how much I really do love science like I love teaching science I love working with my students um seeing them like grow and developing those relationships with them but I really don't like the discipline aspect of being a teacher, you know, giving out detentions, things like that. Um, failing kids sometimes it's really not fun. Um, so that made me think more about going into the medical field. Um, and I think what really did it was, so my master's thesis for Penn was on like health disparities at my school, um, and how like we can help, um, make like a school wellness policy with the school district to kind of promote like healthier students, like healthier eating, um, more exercise, those kinds of things. And that really, it really excited me more than a lot of stuff in the classroom had. So I was like, I really should pursue this further because I'm really interested in public health and becoming a physician.
0: Awesome. And you mentioned earlier that you did rowing and you stayed with that for four years and how you said you don't like, giving out the discipline but i feel like in rowing i had some friends when i was an undergrad that were rowers that was very early mornings and that was a lot of self-discipline so do you think that that self-discipline uh helped you foster like maybe i could get in to medicine because i have to be so regimented anyway
1: for sure um just yeah rowing it's a lot of early mornings it's a lot of it's a lot of practice all the time um and really like putting other people and the team above yourself, because you might have a test tomorrow, but so we row in boats of eight people, like you still need to to practice, even if you have something that's urgent to do, because you have to put the team above yourself. I mean, I think that definitely translates into medicine, um, putting your patients above yourself um, in the discipline of just like doing something every day and trying to get better every single day. Um, The early mornings definitely help me with teaching because those are also very, very early. So my dad's a physician. so like seeing like the discipline that he had every day, you know, waking him going to work at 6.30, not getting home to like eight o'clock at night. Um, like I see that and I kind of, I, I love it because that's one of the things I love about rowing, that it was really respectable and you had to really put a lot of work into it. Um, and when you do, it's really fulfilling. Uh, and I feel that medicine's definitely that way too.
0: What did your father do? Or what does he do? Uh,
1: yeah. So he works at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. He's a pediatric ophthalmologist.
0: Okay. For all those laymen's out there, could you say what ophthalmology is? Uh,
1: so he's an eye doctor. So <laughs> he works at Children's Hospital and he specializes in like premature babies because um, they're often born with eye problems, born blind because they're in oxygen for too long. Um, so he specializes in like surgically fixing their eyes.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Ophthalmology is very difficult and it's a very time consuming procedural science as well. It's like the yeah. procedures themselves take a very long time to execute. And they're very minute detail based. Yeah, a
1: lot of, like, he talks about like lasers. He's always like lasering babies, which like, <laughs> sounds super cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's definitely been a role model. And he's very supportive of me also trying to go to medical school, which is good.
0: That's awesome. It's going to be a long road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just getting started on the road to getting started. So.
1: Yeah. Did you start this semester or last year or?
0: So I'm entering year two come the fall and uh, yeah, so I flipped from computer science and so now we're figuring it out. Same boat of kind of trying to operate on a new schedule, but Mm -hmm. totally understand. (laughs) And uh, this is a question that I've often asked myself too with switching into something. Also, that's a lot more intense. And you were saying, I guess we'll start with this. You were saying that you wanted to be a uh, soccer coach instead like, you were going to start oh, earlier in the program, yeah. but you, were going, you wanted to be a coach, so that conflicted in time.
1: Yeah, so I wanted to coach rowing, actually. Oh, rowing. Right. Um, so my school specifically doesn't have a program, but there's a great citywide rowing program in Philadelphia, so if you go to any um, public school in Philadelphia, maybe private school too, that you can join, um, it's called PCR, Philadelphia City Rowing, um, and I wanted to coach for them uh but obviously that did not happen because of coronavirus but I decided I would rather do that and try that and then like maybe the next year if I coach again like figure out the schedule with the post back um but when I I wanted to give my first class like all of my attention Mm -hmm. I didn't quite know what I was getting into I wanted to be ready yeah it's different like transitioning from being a teacher to being a student um even though I was doing the like graduate classes uh, last year and I graduated last year is very different. They were very just like pedagogy based. And it was like, I'm learning how to teach, which is very different than learning science and all of these biological.
0: How does it, how does it feel going from teaching biology and chemistry and other courses to now having to be in the seat in a much like probably higher level biology course Than what you had to teach to the 13 year old?
1: Definitely a lot higher level. Um, Like, there's things that we definitely learned in 101 uh, that I had never really heard of, like all of the DNA stuff and splicing. Um, I don't teach my students the basic things like mitosis and, you know, what's a cell and the parts of a cell we go over. Um, But all that's like very, very specific. Um, So, definitely still learning a lot. I definitely know how to study better. I like to tell my kids how to study and we practice studying so that's a lot easier um but I would say I have really really loved being in the lab class because a lot of the labs I can directly translate to my students and do with them and kind of seeing what they've done with us at home and like what materials we get to use was really helpful to me because materials are always an issue at my school just because the budget for science materials doesn't really exist and it's been really helpful to see what they've done. And even, they've been great. I asked I could, like, I collect materials from students who finish like their lab kits. And they're like, yes, definitely ask. Um, so that's been really great.
0: Yeah, and a uh, quick aside to all the listeners out there. Uh, currently, we are amongst the uh, COVID pandemic. And as biology students, we're actually mailed lab kits to do yeah. labs in our homes. So they've
1: Including- been-
0: Exactly. We got fetal pigs in the mail and students are complaining that they're smelly, but our lab professor told us not to put them in the fridge because then they'll make the fridge really smelly. So that was a. Yeah.
1: They do smell. So the same Carolina, the company, I order stuff from them and I do dissections with my students, which is their favorite part of the year. Like they, they love it. Um, and we do like multiple ones, um, just cause they love it so much. And I order them from Carolina and they definitely smell bad. And I just like, We, like, carry over year to year um, because we don't use them all, and it's just cheaper to keep the extra ones, and you just, like, have to keep them, like, five different boxes in the closet to keep them from smelling.
0: That's that's Um, awesome. I I didn't realize that Carolina was that widely used.
1: Yeah, a lot of schools. Carolina and then Flynn Scientific are, like, the two big, um, like, science stores.
0: So, you know, that brings up something interesting also. Does it make it easier for you to – understand the struggle of the professors being like basically one yourself having to oh, be like okay yeah. i get it i get what they're going through because a lot of students in these kind of post back programs have this certain ex- expectation like what do you mean you're not completely d- dropping everything in your life to do everything that i need i'm going to be a doctor i'm going to be a doctor why don't you care about me and make everything absolutely perfect there are plenty of students that feel that way
1: yeah. and I would say the biggest biggest thing is grading grading mm-hmm. takes forever yep. um and if you want to grade something well it really really takes forever especially for like what was our class last semester like was it 35 40 kids to grade all of those assignments we had twice a week that must take forever and even yep. the lab assignments um so I feel like I have a lot more room for like delayed grades because I just I know how long it takes um and all professors too it's not all they do teaching most of them are like full-time researchers right
0: yeah oh yeah in Ed Penn you have to do a little bit of research
1: um so I think even realizing yeah they teach this class but also they have a whole other job like this is just kind of like their part-time stint um yeah especially for grading and just like making mistakes on things I almost every test or quiz there's just like a mistake on it because you're just reading too fast or you just how to get it done a certain time frame um all of those things
0: yeah and quick revision i'm not really sure if they have to do research i don't want to get in trouble for that but who knows i'm sure sure.
1: maybe linda might not yeah i don't know i think i think most of them do i think to be a full-time faculty you do you mostly do research because it's a Mm -hmm. research university
0: yeah, but, um, regardless, when you said the thing about grading, it really reminded me of a professor I had for a business class when I was undergrad and said that he teaches for free and he gets paid to grade. <laughs> How do you feel about that?
1: It's tedious. It's really, really tedious. Um, so I learned a lot of like tricks. So multiple choice, lifesaver, things like online that grades it for you, life-changing, because, like I, The worst thing I ever did was I think the first set of midterms I ever gave out, I didn't have kids do it on the scantrons, like the little bubble sheets, Um, and so I had to sit there and grade 150 midterms, like just flipping through the multiple choice, and I was like, this was the biggest mistake I've ever made. So never (laughs) have I done that, but yeah, yeah, grading takes forever.
0: Gotcha. Um, And in the vein of teaching and moving towards being a doctor is that also the kind of doctor you want to be like someone that is teaching someone that is informing kind of, I don't know if that's even a rhetorical question.
1: (laughs) I I, I don't know. Um, I've loved teaching. So maybe, um, I think I want to be a practicing physician. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in emergency medicine, um, and also endocrinology. So I'm a type one diabetic. I didn't say that, but that's also why I'm interested in medicine. Um, So all of my doctors, like endocrinologists, which are like hormone regulation, I believe. Um, But diabetes is one of the big things that they do. And so I'm interested in those two specialties, but I would love to work at a teaching hospital. Like all of the Penn hospitals are teaching. They all have like residents and fellows, which is very different than teaching in a classroom. But it's definitely still teaching and mentoring students.
0: Mm -hmm. And would you say being a uh, type 1 diabetes carrier I I don't know but um, would that did that also spur on medicine because I know you said your father is for sure
1: yeah 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 so I just call it type 1 diabetic um
0: oh that's the problem yeah um
1: for sure I mean that's like I got I got diabetes when I was two and a half so I've had it for a really long time and medicine just like always been a part of everything I've done every day because I have to so I wear an insulin pump but for a long time I was just on the shots so I would take like five to seven shots every day, and I prick my finger all the time. It's just, like, always part of who I've been because um, I've had it for so long. Um, so I think that's why I... That on my dad, obviously, being a doctor, made me think of medicine pretty early on. Um, but I think for a while, I just thought, like, oh, it's so much work. It's not for me. Um, and now that I'm a little older, I think I'm ready for that. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, doctors have definitely been a very important part of my life, so that's definitely part of what's sending me in that direction.
0: In terms of kind of, like, a a rosebud thorn setup of it. What is your, like, what are you looking forward to? What are you nervous about coming up? What's going well so far about your immediate path?
1: I would say Rosebud I'm really excited about the program. I love learning. I really love school. I'm definitely a nerd. Um, so I'm excited about like all the classes, me and the new professors. Um, I'm really excited about, I'm enrolled in this program. I applied to it. It's like the, PUP academic associates. Mm-hmm. And they're I was supposed to do it starting in the summer and now I'm gonna do it in the fall. They're like starting to make up. So I'm very excited about that too. And actually getting to see patients and like see the ER and all of these things that are so far down the line. because um, it feels kind of removed when you're in the classroom and thinking about what eventually you will do. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Thorn is just grades, yeah. <laughs> gotta get the grades. <laughs> um, so yeah and just always, like, making sure everything's perfect so I can get the grades,
0: get into a good med school. Absolutely. And frankly, uh, could you downshift a little bit about what the Academic Associates Program is for those who aren't?
1: Yeah. Um, so I have not done it yet. So I can only speak for, like, the application and, like, what I've heard. Um, but I'm in the Facebook group for the post Program. And someone, I think her name is Eliana, posted – um, about the Academic Associates program. And I think there's one at Children's Hospital and one at HUP, which is the hospital, the University of Pennsylvania, which is like the bigger hospital mm-hmm. for Penn. Um, and basically, from what I understand, you are working in their emergency room um, with doctors, with nurses, and you're kind of onboarding patients that you see that qualify for like different experimental treatments or um, that they want to track their progress just um, for research purposes. Awesome. That's what I understand it to be. I don't know if you know more about it than I do.
0: I know very little. I know there have been other students that do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not one of them. I just thought it'd be yeah,
1: but I think you get to work pretty closely with physicians and nurses. And again, you really get to see what you'll be doing in eight years or nine years, really far down the line. Um, but I think for me at least that'll help ground me in I'm taking these classes. Um I'm doing all this work, I'm doing all this studying for this purpose, and this is really where I wanna be.
0: Awesome. And uh, I guess any final words to those who are interested in turning their life around and seeing where medicine will take them?
1: Uh, It's a long path, but I think it's gonna be worth it. I think it's really worthwhile to put in more work and have a career that you really love and are passionate about, um, which is the way I feel about medicine right now, Um, than to kind of just like pick what's easy um, and what's available. um, I think putting in that amount of work will be really worth it in the long run. So I'd say if you're thinking about it, take the plunge, um, do some research, look at programs, because there are programs in every city. There's full-time, part-time, and I picked the one that was best for me. But there's lots of paths out there to becoming a doctor.
0: Mm -hmm. Do what you love, love what you do, work hard at doing it. Thank you so much, Audrey. I really appreciate you being our first interviewee. Thank you so much, listeners. It was great going on this journey with you, and I'll see you next time. Do you want to say goodbye, Audrey?
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Hope I didn't bore you with all my teaching stuff. Um, But look forward to listening to the podcast.